with, but thank you. Uh, again, the Eilam is, Baruch uh, Hashem, learning very well and listening very well. And I, Taka, we shared after the Hilchot uh, Staka, which rather had some Kibra of in it also. Maybe we'll get back to some of it. We had uh, already Shailas for a few weeks afterwards, so we're not going to finish tonight. And Mr. Shem will have another opportunity. Uh, as we just heard, it's a, it's a sugya almost, a mayim she'enlam seif for just two simonim and yeridea. But it's no gea to everyone. Everyone has or had parents. And uh, it's no gea. Unfortunately, Leilenu, it's, uh, it's no gea to people who have dealt with this. We're not going to touch upon this tonight. The people who have parents and uh, never met them. People had parents, and for some reason, due to sikhsuch, uh, they're not in touch, uh, how to patch it up, how to fix it up. Uh, one thing's for sure, when you finish even the introduction of Hilchus Kivarav Aim, it's a different uh, look at the hischaivus and the achrayis of fixing things up. Obviously, the parents hopefully want to, and the children should want to, and um, hopefully everybody in this room that's not Nagea, with Nagea is already taking a good relationship and making it better. And for those that is Nagea to um, what the Chayivim are to try to fix it up. And like any sensitive topic, uh, I'm fully aware that whenever you give a shear to a Rabbim and then it's videoed and on different sites, uh, things can be misquoted. So I ask whoever's listening here and in the future to try not to do that. Uh, I will be... Uh, we're going to start the sugyat at night seder in a month or two when you finish chukah same lesalechu, and uh, you'll tell me how the kvitz went for the two months. I don't know if it's going to be that quick, but if you uh, want to at least see just for the hazeres, just for the musar shabai, what a chiv it is. So since we're in sefer bracious, uh, two examples. I want to bring one now, just to throw it out uh, to the elam. A person has a choice between saving a child or a parent. Who goes first? I've told this to people. So the answer is parent. Rabiankiv and the Sefer on Chumash has a raya. Anybody know what the raya is? It's coming up soon in a couple of parishes. Yehuda turned to Yaakov, you know. First time he said, we got to go back down and we got to bring Benjamin, and uh, he's not going to see us otherwise. And Yaakovinu, understandably so, didn't want Benjamin to go. And Yehuda kept pressing, he said, we're running out of food, and we really have to go back down. Yaakov says, you see from this, that the order, Leilainu should never be Nagea. The order is Chayecha Kaidman before anyone, and then Gamata. Yudah is talking to Yaakovinu, Vigamtapenu, and then the children. So you're correct, but you see the Ferishim Chumish that that is the uh, pecking order. Uh, we hope that's never Nagea, but just Lasabras Aizen to understand this. Chayvis, yes, most people who never touch Kibbutz they just say out of Hisrakshus uh, that uh, the greatest Avla is for a child, and therefore, of course, you have to save a child first. And the Allah says not so. The Allah says the Avla might be graded toward a child, but because of that, not despite of it, because of it, the Torah gives us a Hisraivis klapi, the parents who've had that Avla toward us. 
which for a lot of people is counterintuitive, and that's what's so interesting about this sugya, is that uh, what you think from your first uh, perhaps uh, secular hashkafa is that, well, you know, it's very nice, you got to honor your parents, and I have that also, but uh, the children come first. And Rabbi says it's not true. So that, that already is uh, something to think about, just as a hagdama to the sugya. What I'm going to do is, I'm going to select just a few different subtopics in the Mechaber. Go to the Mechaber and then I say, can very quickly, go to some of the raid, and then go to the Shailas and try to circle back. I'll start off with perhaps what's the most controversial one, but it's early in the Simon. So the Mechaber, and I'll, I'll throw this out more as a uh, Akasha, as you'll see on one side of the Machlekes. Chabr and Sif Gimel quotes the Gemara, where the Gemara says the Dhamma Benesina. There's a lot of discussion why the, uh, the symbol of great Kibbutz Abayim is by a guy. Couldn't find the Yid. God's Chayisol, the Deri Deris. I did it like this. I'm not going to answer that now, but that's an important Kasha also. Like why I'd say it's Mabna. I have all the, uh, all the examples, and we only find it by Kibbutz Abayim. The Achrayim behold, the Kibbutz Abayim is a Chiv Abayim. It's not one of the Zion Mitzvahs, but they, the list is a lot more than Zion Mitzvahs. If you ask somebody how many Mitzvahs Gaim have, they say Zion, they, they never learned the Perik and Sanhedrin, which is fine. Nice. You'll get to it sooner or later, but the list is uh, 10, 15, 20, 25, depending on how many sheets you hold, like the Ramban passes, like some of them, other Rishanim. Uh, grafting trees, believe it or not, there's an Isser for Gaim as well to make a tangelo. You know, take a tangerine, and a, there, there are a lot of fruits on the market. The good news is, Bidiyevit, it's mutter to eat. Don't get nervous, but you're not allowed to do it uh, to make a beefalo. Just an example: a beefalo is a crossing a cow and a buffalo. It's also, but uh, the product is mutter if buffalo is a mutter. Most pests can say they are. Uh, so, Goyim have many more mitzvahs besides the seven. There are some Acharnim who say that this is one of them, and others say no, it's the mitzvah sichli, as they should. It's covered, it's good midas, but it's not an actual chiv. But to pick him as the example, okay. For another day, Lamaisa, he's the example. He was sitting, very chosh of a guy. We have one story with the, uh, with the key under the pillow, and he couldn't wake his father up, and he couldn't get uh, the money he would have gotten, and next year he got a paradigma, a And the other Maisa, same person, same parents, that his mother, he was sitting with the notables of, of Rome, with the senators there, and his mother came and spit at him and ripped his clothing and started screaming and carrying on. And he basically didn't make a strong machal. There's one makar that he said, please ma enough, or another makar he didn't do anything. Either way, he didn't blow up. So, uh, what do you learn from here? So, Taisus says his mother obviously was not all there. Something very wrong with her. I'm sure gonna. Now, that's a very, you see the Taisis, you know, realize what, what a huge nafkamina that is. Because if she had, by Elena, she had Alzheimer's, or she had some other mental issue, so then it's easier to explain why the din is you can't say anything, because not her fault. That's not such a chiddish. It's a chiddish, he controlled himself, you have to control yourself, but it's not such a chiddish, now the person has issues. And what happens if, now today, everybody's crazy. You know, he's crazy, she's crazy. I haven't dealt with the shalom bias problem yet. Well, he didn't say she was crazy and vice versa. It didn't, didn't happen yet. Everybody's uh, certified crazy. Everybody is a little crazy. It's a question always in life, what degree? So I have many complaints from children that uh, just last, last week somebody uh, said, what do I do uh, and keep it up aim? Uh, every single week I call my mother. 
I try to call her once a week, and for 25 minutes I get screamed at. Not the first time I heard such a shayla. He said, 25 minutes straight? He said, well, I tried a maneuver. I said, why don't you change the subject? So he says, I did that a few times. Every time I change the subject, my mother says, what do you think? I was born yesterday? Why are you changing the subject? And then I would get screamed at for another 15 minutes. I have like a 10-second intermission. So is she crazy? I don't, he didn't even claim. I don't know, there are issues there. Maybe the issues are with him. Maybe uh, she feels he needs the musr, and that's the only 25 minutes of musr he gets. I don't know exactly what the story is. I don't know the person very well. But she, even he's not claiming that she's certified crazy. So, Taisa says that Dhamma Benesina didn't blow up, and therefore we have a chiv not to react very harshly. Perhaps because she was completely crazy, therefore, what are you going to do? It's not her fault. Nafkimina is, if she's not, again, obviously something's wrong, but she's not completely crazy, so then maybe we call that abuse. Maybe Yanam uh, This is a very abuse is bandied around. And I'll say this disclaimer, even though they never get me anywhere. Uh, for those Leilene who are going through this, so you have to, you need Dastar involved, you need a PSAC, you need a good therapist, a good firm therapist. And it's a very, very dangerous, dangerous, slippery slope. And it's a, it's a, it's a balance. Because on the one hand, parents aren't perfect, they never were. But there's one Yisoyed that we know for sure, which is sometimes missed. And that is if... We have a chiv of kibbutz of aminus in the Aseret Sedibris. The Torah is not talking to malachim. The Torah is talking to regular normal people. I'm saying normal, the, the people that are only 20% crazy. So we're talking about parents who are going to make mistakes, but they're good people, and by and large, they're trying to do the right thing. Do they have the best adrocha? No. They always make the right decision? No. Is there a chiv kibbutz of in that circumstance? Of course there is. That's what the chiv is. The chiv is not talking about people who have parents who are lamed vovniks. So. I'm just to bend the tree toward the middle. I'm not attacking any particular therapist, but I, I've had issues on both sides. I had issues where some people went too soft and the parents really were abusive and the child was suffering. I've had many cases where the parents weren't perfect, but again, the terror is not speaking to perfect people and the child was turned against the parents in therapy and they started off with, which is often, not always, but often a secular approach, like it comes to your parents and your grandparents, and what did your grandparents do, and, and who mistreated who, and they, they go back at all the history, and therefore the villain ends up being the parents. If that's the way it comes out most of the time, there's something very wrong, because the Torah says not so. If it says keep it over aim, assuming most people are not completely crazy, the chiv is when the parents are acting like regular people, people who are make mistakes, people who are not perfect, people sometimes get angry, so we say, well, no, whenever they gave you, that's abuse, and therefore I have no chiv, keep it up anyway. That's not true. On the other hand, there are cases where they're so far gone that it is serious abuse, in which case the parent is uh, not in line at all, and the child should either move away or disengage. They're two extremes. What I'm just troubled by is uh, I, I have in a few cases already had to undo situations where the parents were put in a, in a certain light that the child felt, whether, I'm not blaming the therapist, maybe they were misquoting the therapist. In one case I found out they, they weren't. And the child felt that I'm, I'm, I'm Potter from Kibbutz of Aim. I'm not Mechuyiv anymore. I'm not Mechuyivis because my parents are wrong and I feel abused and therefore I'm the victim. There are cases like that. But it has to be that the Roiv isn't because we've had a long and painful Golis. They say now in America people are under pressure. We're under a lot less pressure than we were in Europe during the pogroms and during the Inquisitions. 
So if Kibbutz of Aim applied then and applied for the last 2,000 years and applied in time of the Gemara, it's got to apply now. That means Roy cases, despite the fact the parents aren't perfect and make mistakes, there's still a chiv of Kibbutz of Aim. And I can't overstress that point because it's a little bit uh, out of balance nowadays. And again, I'm not attacking any particular sheet in the therapy. They're trying to do a good job. If they have been, you have to first go to a therapist, a bentera, or a lady who has from Ashkafis and is asking Shailas. And then you have to put Kibar of Aim in the right perspective and understand what the Chiyiv Mar, despite the fact it's not always so easy. And then talk about the cases where what do you do if they're crazy, what do you do if they're half crazy. The reason I say that is because Taisus sounds like a cool lot, only because she was crazy, he had to hold himself back. If he's being abused, he doesn't. And I agree with that. No one's disagreeing with that. The question is the degree and how to deal with each case. My Raya, or you'll call it Kasha, on the Shittas, and there, there are various Shittas among, probably among therapists and probably among Rabbanim as well. Um, there were... Uh, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you my feeling on the Stam and the Mechaber. You learn this Mechaber, you'll tell me afterwards what you think about reading a, a Mechaber that doesn't qualify the statement. Mechaber says, Arhechen Maron, Hayaben Lovish, Hamudas, Yeshev, Beresh Akol, Veda with all his friends. And they spit at him, they hit him over the head. You shouldn't say anything, you shouldn't embarrass them. That doesn't mean that if you see them coming next time, you have to stand there for the abuse. You could probably find another place to be. But you can't say anything. Machapa doesn't qualify this and say that's only like Taitsa Bamedva Murim if they're totally crazy because it's not their fault. Machapa doesn't say that. There's someone wanted to say that. Machapa didn't say it because it's I don't agree in a big way. Machapa. Brings down the din stomp that you can never say anything. Pashas is that you can't react. And you'll say, well, maybe everybody agrees you can't react. Why should you react? It's done already. Well, I think it's a tall order. If they read the Mechaber Kipshutai, even though they did this, you can't uh, say anything that will prevent this the next time. So you could say the Mechaber is stam, whether they're completely crazy or not, and uh, you can't react because blowing up is not going to do anything. Next time, it's a quiet moment, say, Ma, do me a favor, please don't do that again. Maybe. I'm just putting it out there. It's not clear whether this Mechaber is going with Taisus. Taisus is telling you, my sister, she happened to be crazy. Ramesha says in a tshuva, we know that it was a good shidduch. He doesn't spell it out like this, but his father wasn't too normal either because if you would wake up your father after you just lost... 17 million dollars because the key was under his pillow and he said, Ty, you can be so proud of me. I didn't wake you up even though we just lost 17 million dollars. If he had a gun, it would be dangerous, right? <laughs> what kind of ridiculous, uh, what kind of shaita is this for a son? So, the answer is that he knew, the Kiddush, the story is, he knew his father had this mishagas between one and four in the afternoon he sleeps and don't wake me up, I don't care if I can make 20 million dollars. I don't want the money, I want to sleep. Now we would say, Muslim people say, that's crazy. But the Kiddush is, is that the father was comfortable, he had enough money, he wanted to sleep. So I can't, uh, Shailah, whose key it was, whose money it was, that's a, Shailah Hale learned the story, but the moral of the story, however you learn it, is that if that's his Mishagas, you have to respect it, unless he's doing damage, and it's not damage as many as Revach. But you would say the father is uh, not all there. Well, he was married to this lady who's spatted him and ripped his clothing in front of everybody else. It was a good shidduch. And they were uh, either happily or not so happily married. But 
the Chiddush, again, according to Taisis, is only because she was crazy. We don't know how not normal he was. The question is, the Machaber doesn't qualify the statement. And that's a very important child over here. And people are quick to say that, well, my parents aren't acting normally because they didn't give me this, that, or they didn't uh, handle it this way, and therefore I have no chivim anymore. That's simply not true. If she was crazy, are you allowed to... You can, you can, according to Amar, you could sue them and base them afterwards. Amar says that later. In a nice way. Yeah. Oh, Shaita is not high even paying anything. No, because in this case, with the where she uh, spit and she ripped uh, his clothing and everything, I don't know if she had any money depending on where the father is holding financially after he never woke up in the afternoon for any business deal. And, uh, and you're going to sue for Boshius? Not really. His clothing, maybe, you could sue for. Sounds like he was a comfortable fellow himself, Dom, in the scene. I don't think it's worth his while. But Ahmad does paskin. You can take it to base then afterwards and ask. Again, Baruch Hashem, to this extent, these things don't usually happen. Uh, I'm just... We live in a generation where Kibbutz of Aim is a specific challenge and uh, called the me generation and we think a lot of things are coming to us and because of this Kibbutz of Aim often suffers and people are looking for excuse that the reason I'm not performing my Kibbutz of Aim is because my parents did this, that and the other thing and I've heard all these arguments from kids sometimes it's a very extreme and the kid is right and quite often uh, that's not a reason that you're not mechuyiv in the mitzvah and Hashem demands these assays uh, and less assays and and that's the nature of the mitzvah the reason it's in the Saras Adibra is because it's not too easy sometimes so that's the uh, first machaber, which again um, needs focus depending on the situation. The machaber talks about one area where parents have no sway, one area that's clear. Matter of fact, it's uh, the last Rashi in this week's Pasha. Not coincidentally, I'm sure. Rashi makes the whole cheshpin of where the missing 14 years were and what Yaakovina was doing. Uh, Riff came in and told him, Beferish, I want you to go straight away and get the Shidduch and get married. And he stopped for 14 years and didn't do that and learned, and then he got there. He was not punished for that. And the Gemara learns out from here that for Tamatera, if you feel that you have to go out of town and the parents don't want you to go out of town, they're going to miss you, and not going to have somebody to service them over here, assuming you can get somebody else and it's not a health issue. You're allowed to go if it's objectively good for your Talmud Again, for a young bachar that's to be discussed with parents, to see objectively whether or not that's really the case, or Islam wants to, the adventure of going out of town. So one clear header is if he's going for Talmud Torah, points out that if he's in town, uh, some people might uh, think it's a good hop whenever you hear your mother coming and you know it's that time of night she's going to ask you to take out the garbage you quickly open up your gemara before you get to the room and uh, when she gets to you say sorry mom learning so Pesachachuva says that does not work if you're in town and in the house that's like any other din when there's a steer between Talmatera and Mitzvah Shabagufa you got to close the gemara if your sister is there and she is more than willing to help you learn, she's into your hasmada, you say, Ma, can you please ask uh, Rifki, I'm learning now. And I'm sure most houses that'll go over very well. 
I'm sure Rifki will be thrilled and uh, she'll be more than happy to uh, chip in. If that's not the case, then the mother doesn't want to get into which sibling is doing it. She asked you to do it. You've got to close the Gemara. You've got to take care of it. And a parent who is uh, sensible and proud of their uh, children's learning should not ask them if it's going to interrupt the learning. But once you're here, you've got to do it. You could take yourself out of the matzav and go out of town. That's the Chiddush. And you won't be in a position to do these mitzvahs on a consistent basis. And the Chiddush Miyakavinu is that that is okay. That's a clear heter. What's not as clear is as follows, and this is um, at least the two-way machlik is possibly three options. Uh, this is important for some of the questions we're going to get to. If a parent asks a child to do something that's not a direct hanal, it's not giving them food, giving them drink, getting them dressed, taking them places, not a direct physical hanal, uh, it gives them nachas or gets them annoyed when you don't do it. Is there a chi of kibbut aveim? The Rashba clearly says that midaraisa there isn't. Mashma from the Rashba and the Ramban there midar bottom there is. Sefer Makna in Kadushin has an interesting raya where he says it's not under kibbut, it's under meira. Because if you say sedevreim, if you don't do it, you say sedevreim, and that's under meira. He has an interesting raya uh, because learned out from uh, the Pasuk of that, that she's not Mechievis if she's married. So he asks, well, why is it going to Mera? It goes to the Kibbut, but she can't do Kibbut because she's in the Shubit to the husband. Why does that do a Mera? Mera just means don't be safe at the very end. Don't sit in their place. So Machna says it must be the Mera has a, a positive application that if you don't do it, even though it's not their direct Hanah, you'll be over on Mera. And if she's married, she's now Patura. That's why he put it on the Mera. That's the second possibility. There's a third possibility, so I'm trying to mention that if it's going to cause them absolute tsar, even if it's not under mirror, then you can't do it. That's Nagaya to many different things. We'll see some of those in the question when we get to it. So hold that in mind for, uh, for a few minutes. If a parent asks you to be over a din, whether it's a din dares or a din darabonon, you're not mukhayyif to listen. If it's a khumra, then you should be careful especially if it's a chumrah you want to take on that's not the original meaning of the family because the parents will be especially sensitive like it's a slap in the face, like what, I'm not from enough for you, you're taking on this minig, even though they should be mature about it, and you want to put on a gatel, so what, it's a nice hitter, so just because you're not wearing a gatel makes you look bad, but people are human, I don't want you putting on a gatel, we don't wear a gatel, I don't want you putting on a strime, I don't want you putting on, any chumrah, I've had this with Bachram a lot, they want to grow payas. Well, payas behind the ears, not, uh, they're, not, they're not switching the entire persuasion of the minig of the family necessarily. Let's go payas, the father said we never had the minig and I don't want it. So, here already, you have to, each shayla is really, it's subjective in terms of where this is coming from and why the father's objecting. Often, the parent is objecting because they're just a little insecure because, like, I don't have it, it's going to make me look less from. Okay, it's human, but uh, usually I tell the parents, like, uh, this is your big problem in life. You should take your nachas and run. Like, this, this is your big problem. He wants to keep a chumrah. <laughs> if I can't talk the parents into it, uh, then I usually tell the uh, children not to start up if it's not necessary. Uh, if it's situational where his chevra, they all have it, and it's a from chevra, and it's a chinuch, um, necessity to keep him with this chaver and he feels like the odd kid out, uh, then I will uh, really lean on the parents to allow it. And if they don't, I might tell the kid, you're not mechuyu. Because if he feels this is going to affect his ruchnias, it's not just a chumrah, it might be what it represents and who he wants to associate with. So then that's a different story. So you have to look at each chumrah, the mile of each chumrah, and figure out where he's really going with it. Chal uh, Yisrael, which I see one of the questions sent in, is always a popular question. Chal Yisrael, Yashan, 
Chal Yisrael is a very nice hider. Rama Yisrael Be'etzim hold this mutter. Rama Nefeshe Machmer, this hold it's really usher. But if he comes from a family that never kept it, now he wants a Machmer for the Chumra or for Rama Yisrael's suggestion that about Nefesh, Ben Teira, which uh, version, the different Shuvahs, the different Lashaynas. So it's a very nice thing. If for whatever reason the parents don't agree, also often because the mother doesn't want to go shopping special and she wants to cook and bake with Chalostam. If I can't convince the parents, I will tell the child, I'll still keep it up and don't drive anybody Meshuga, and when you get married you'll make your own decisions, you go to yeshiva, you'll make decisions, you'll, when you go out uh, as a bacher, you'll, you'll, you'll dafka by Chal Yisrael one, one bacher told me, says, no, no, when I go out, I want to get hagen just in the house I want to make a trouble uh, so, okay, so that's, at least he was honest, so if you want to do it on your own time, and it's not bothering anybody, then, uh, then wonderful but you got to be careful with the humors because people do have Self-esteem, and sometimes it rubs against their covered, and you got to be uh, you got to be careful about that. Again, I'm trying to hit the main points, so when we get to the questions, we're going to be able to address them. Uh, the Gemara brings down the big machlekes: which one of these is daraisa, which one is an asmachta, which is the rabbanon. But the zechiv of covered of eishes aviv. Any uh, step-parent, the Zachiv covered for an older brother, whether it applies to the oldest brother only or all the older brothers, and then there's Shittah Zahol that applies to the older sisters also. And uh, the good news is for the younger siblings in the room, it's not really, there's no Chiv Meir, and as a Shaila Halfway, we don't stand up for parents. You still don't have to stand up, well, why we don't, there's a good Shaila. We assume the parents are Michael. Okay. It's a funny thing, we have Nesev Atokum. So uh, anybody over seven, you've got to stand up, Zachiv Doresa. So when I ask people how they stand up, they say they're all Michael. I said, did you ever ask him? So if you ask a 75-year-old, he's not going to say, no, I'm not Michael, but if you want to get a real opinion, not so posh it. Happens to be by Kibbut of Aim and by Bnei Seva Tukla. Even if they're Michael, if you do it, you get a Kiyam. So there's no downside. I, I think it's a, a little bit of a bizillion. It's one thing not standing up. The parents talking to a child, and the child's flat on their back on the couch. They say, yeah, Ma, what do you want? It doesn't even like stir, it doesn't even like get up, doesn't like sit up. That's, that's a lot different than just not standing up and you have to know your children and, or, or know yourself and figure out whether you want to improve on that because there's a, there's a great uh, gap in between. Lamaisa, these chiyuvim don't apply to an older sibling. It means to generally listen to them, the far behind it is and the parents aren't here, they want to know somebody's in charge and somebody's in control. Uh, people... Um, I've seen people who don't know every shach and the of aim, but this one they know. By the shreh and the shrigger, it says you got to be mechaber them, and the shach says kishar is the kainim ba'alma. So people like that shach. Now, what shaila is after the shach? Like what's left? So what do in-laws have over others the kainim? No, Jovan the shach. What is the? Uh, what's the ma'ila then? His um, his lashon over here. He quotes the Bach. Ba'hainu. So the answer is you got to hold their choshev in your eyes whether they are or are not yet and you got to be mechabed them like you would a choshev all the birds. So it's a little higher than the regular Bnei Seva Tokum. Uh, when I'm talking about standing up, I'm talking about the level of kibud in general and Fashal uh, bias is obviously a very uh, smart thing to do. Another example of the three shittas and the shaila is where the Ramah comes in. You'll tell, you, you'll tell me if you made this diak. The Ramah brings the um, marik. A child wants to marry 
a uh, person, we'll talk about a boy first, boy wants to marry a certain girl, the parents don't approve. So the Ramah brings out, Marik, you don't have to listen. Why not? So there are a few possible reasons over here. One reason is that we hold, Marik holds like the Shittas, that it's not servicing them, it's not direct physical kibud. There's no chiv, it can't run your life. Others say, if you don't have to give, Marik himself brings it down, if you don't have to give from your own moment, you certainly don't have to give up the person you want to marry. The kosher came from, from, from you're not using your money. And others say they're stopping him from doing a mitzvah. The chiv to get married, the chiv to have to wear a with the spouse, and this is the one you want, and uh, you're not going to be able to kind the mitzvah well. So three very different reasons. The interesting thing some chuvas point out is you notice the Ramah only brings down over here out of all the possible applications of not listening to a parent when it's not direct servicing. Only bashiduchim. It sounds like the Ramah is not holding that there's never a chiv if it's not servicing them. He holds only over here, either because it's a mitzvah stopping you from doing a mitzvah in the best way, or because it's too much emotionally and that's like giving away your own money. Not because of the first reason. Sounds like the Ramah is being machmer in all the other cases. Otherwise, why is this the only example he's bringing down? So some hold to that dick, some, some don't. Again, if you're going to aggravate them, certainly talking about Shiloh uh, race over here, and uh, there are many Ochran Mupaska, and it's at least Moira, and others say you've got to worry about being Mitzayah them. There, let's go to some of the questions, because uh, we have almost enough information for the first few. And then uh, we'll continue with the Mechaber. Does one have to offer private information to one's parents if you know for sure that this will please them? For example, this is actually very Nagea. When does one tell them that your wife is expecting? Are you mechuyiv to tell them early if by not doing so they'll be slighted? This is a Baruch Hashem, a very common shayla. I always encourage people, uh, tell them as soon as you can, don't take any chance of them getting slighted. And they do get slighted because I, I'm so close to you, like you don't share this such an important uh, simcha. In life, whenever you're dealing with the balance of a shayla, you gotta understand what is facing off against what. Here, it's a very, very lopsided contest. I have on the one side a shayla of giving your parents nachas earlier and having them have a taina on you if you don't tell them. Versus, why do people want to tell? What about ayin hara? I don't know, you know, they used to be brought down the Ayn Hurst farm that families would never, ever, ever take a family picture together. I'll give you a list of a hundred things that nobody's mocking on today. All of a sudden, this, in the face of keep it up Ayn, the possible Ayn Hurst, is like a no-brainer. If it's any shash kolder who tell them earlier and shama mitzvah and you will get schar and no one's going to get hurt because they're telling the parents. That's another pushit. So if it's any shayla whatsoever, tell them earlier rather than later, why take the risk? There's no downside here. It's not Shaila. Well, I have on one hand, I have an Issa to say something earlier. On the other hand, I have keep it of aim. There's no Issa to say something earlier. What? But telling them it doesn't, I know it's not true. It's not I know for them. I know it's not the feeling of the I thing. The whole thing is debatable. That's what I'm saying. We're not, the, people asking the Shaila, like, like there's a Shaila over here. Like, oh, I don't know. I'm going to tell them too early. I've got to get the exact day. And why should I tell them? I said, don't get the exact day. Why don't you let's just go three weeks earlier just in case? Like, oh, what's the Shaila? <laughs> We're dealing with the Teresa, keep it of aim. Now, so the question is, is this Teresa? Not the right. So you don't want to be matar your parents. The less you matar them, the more not to give them. The longer you live. Let's put it that way. Pusik says that. What? Uh, the wife doesn't want. Okay. Good point. So you don't have to make a shalom bias issue over it, right? However, however, let me speak to that point. Often. 
the wife doesn't want to tell his parents and her mother knows already. And then you're really playing with fire. So, so if she was Lashitasa and that she, nobody knew, okay, I understand the feeling that I want to say. People are worried about her. I'm, I'm, I'm not making fun of the, the notion that people are concerned, but there's no Isra Shaboy. And if it'll give the parents a little more simple, or if you risk the chance they'll be slighted, why would you want to, why would you want to take a chance? Again, if she absolutely says no, then uh, we're going to get to that soon. If it's going to be a major blow-up in Shalom Bayez, then you're not Mechuyiv at all, because Hayach HaKedmin. And if it's going to cost you many hours of uh, fighting or your learning or general peace and tranquility in the house, then you're not Mechuyiv to do a lot of this. But let's assume that she is an Eish Yisrael and you're a Ben Teira and you want to know what does Akash Baruch want over here. So I'm just saying it's a very lopsided Shaila in the direction of saying whenever you think they're going to have more Nachas and you're in a position to give them Nachas, or something like this, it's very easy. Not as easy as the next uh, Shiloh. Um, actually, there was a part B to this Shiloh. What if they ask directly, you're allowed to lie? Uh, there are very few cases in life where you're allowed to lie. Pick them carefully. This is not one of them you should use up. <laughs> you're going to lie now? You say, no, I'm pregnant, and then all of a sudden you had a baby, the mother-in-law knows math. She says, you know, it's funny, this doesn't really work out. And then he told me, he says, yeah, yeah, it was one of those ladies like Tamar, you know, seven-month jobs, you know. It was, uh, why would you want to get yourself into lying is usher unless you really have a head there. And also it's dangerous because it could blow up. Why would you want to do that? And the answer is, no, you shouldn't lie. If they ask you, again, unless you're going to have the problem that, that you're going to have to face the music when you get home and uh, it's going to be worse, okay. But otherwise, um, lying is uh, usually usher. And this week's parish is a different schmooze. Why Yaakovino had to do that? He didn't think it was mutter either, but he got a psak. And it was mutter. And uh, you want to do it only when it's mutter and when it's not going to uh, cause bigger problems, like over here. Next one is a little bit more complicated. For example, regarding one's financial information, how much are you to tell them if you know they're interested? Meaning if they ask, if they don't ask, what if they ask directly personal financial information that you'd rather not share? Not on the general, maybe they have a, sp a pinpointed question. That already, there's more wiggle room because they're, depending on how, I, don't, I hate to use the word controlling because every, uh, every child, when they want to get a kibbutz of aim, they say, I'm put over here to do controlling sometimes. It's true, most of the time, you just have to be a nice If uh, your father asks you, uh, how's the business going? Uh, has, you know, you close any deals? What's doing? That's called uh, basic relationships. If you tell your buddy at the, at the mikveh, you could tell your father. And if you uh, tell your friends when you're uh, at a Kiddush, which you shouldn't be talking about on Shabbos, you're making Kiddush on Sunday, let's say. So, uh, <laughs> so you tell them at a Kiddush, uh, you're sharing it with all the people you care about. So share it with your parents. And most people are not that secretive. They do share with people that are close to them. The parents want to feel that closeness. So if all things are equal, which in life often they aren't, you should try to share whatever information you think will give them nachas. If you feel, you know, from experience that no, it's gonna, they're going to dig deeper and deeper and that they're going to be controlling as a part of your life and, and they're going to start uh, asking you how you're spending your money and it's going to get too much and you're not going to be able to live your life, then it's private information and you're not going to divulge it. But again, if you're making a lot of money, there's more of a push to divulge it. Uh, they're comfortable, they're not going to ask you for money. Uh, let them have uh, at least a little peace of mind that uh, Baruch Hashem don't have to worry about you. If you lost a lot of money, then there's more of a push in the other direction, maybe save them the Agmas Nefesh. Uh, and um, if, again, pinpointed financial information, I've had Shailas that run the gap, but unfortunately the parents aren't doing well and they need money from the children. Leilainu should never be Nagea. 
uh, then it gets sticky. These often the questions are prelude to, you know, can I borrow some, can I have some? And the charity, as we spoke about in the summer, um, begins at home. And if you can really help, it's a pretty big chiv in the parent, both Mitzat Stockholm and many say Mitzat Kibbutz as well. Uh, we discussed that, uh, how far the chiv goes. But if you feel that it's going to be out of control, then uh, obviously a mechiv to say less. Question number two, how far does La Yister as Devarv go? In Sefer Chavaz Chaim, it's clear that any request that a parent, from a parent that you don't listen to, uh, his example, Chavaz Chaim's example, if they ask you to say Lashon Hara, then you can't comply because that's Asr, but otherwise it would be Mutter, or Achiv. For example, you know that your mother is anti-drinking soda. The, whoever wrote this question was being nice. All the Bacham asked me about smoking and schnapps. Nobody asked me about soda, but I can hear. Soda is a lot of empty calories and a lot of sugar. Uh, but usually it's a lot more drastic. Uh, are you over every time? So this is directly totally in the Mahalikas we had before. Whether you drink soda or not or have cigarettes is not surfacing them. So um, there are definitely Makaris. It's not as the Kibbut of Emily's Midaris. It might still be Midarabonah. Uh, then you have the Achorin and behold, it's uh, Seisah's Devarab. That depends on the Machalik's the Shach and the Taz, whether Seisah's Devarab applies when they're not, they don't see it. Machalik is the Shach and the Taz, so it might be telling you that. And then I'll add, you're often going to have to get into serious lying if they press the point. Which, again, you can argue that I'm not responsible for this lying because I'm being asked for information I'm not Machalik to say. It's an argument, but it's not such a great argument. And often, again, whether luckily there's any heter or not, it's going to blow up sooner or later. And you're going to cause more aggravation. And usually parents, especially for Bacharim and, uh, and Bacharets, that's probably not the right translation, uh, the, the, the girls somehow don't have the same shilas often with the hard liquor and the uh, smoking. Uh, not as much, but uh, parents want to know because they're concerned. And a bachar is being short-sighted when they, they start getting into this machalik is and achrenim while they mechuyiv to tell. So often I tell them it's irrelevant with the mechuyiv to tell. It happens to be they're right and you're wrong, and it's not a good habit to get into. And you're going to cause them aggravation. You're going to end up blind. They're going to find that anyway. It's going to be aggravating for them. So why would you want? We're dealing with possible races over here. Why would you want to get into this matzah? So certainly it's not a good idea. I could break it down and say, yeah, maybe this is not lying because they have no right for the information, and maybe we, we pass them like Desi Shayan that it's not alt covered, and maybe there's no problem in Europe. Yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe not. Uh, are you going to get into all these Shailas for a cigarette? So many Bachams say, yeah, they will, uh, <laughs> unfortunately. But, you know, they have to think about that. That's a pretty serious, uh, serious thing. If you want, and uh, you want to be honest, you say, look, because you asked mom, really trying to control it, I'm down to one cigarette a year, and please don't check on me on that. And if she hears that, she'll probably be okay. But you have to talk, and there's a relationship, and they expect to hear feedback because they're trying to help you. And I know that's, uh, I know that's difficult for children, but uh, again, the, uh, the downside in the other direction is troubling, if not an absolute uh, chiv in either direction. Yeah, you know, anything uh, in moderation is healthy. That's um, if the mother says, "I heard you're drinking nine cups a day. It's really not healthy," and the taka isn't, then you say, "Mom, I'm going to try to cut down." But there, you don't have to give a daily log of how many cups you had. Uh, because everybody knows, welcome drink coffee and uh, you got to stay awake during Seder. What she might ask you, if she's smart, is why is it you need nine cups of coffee? What time are you going to sleep? 
And, uh, and that's a serious question, like, what are you doing all night? So if you're learning, and then that's the heter we spoke before. If you're taka learning and she doesn't like your hasmada schedule, because she's nervous like a good Jewish mother, that you can taka skirt the issue. If you feel you have it under control and healthy and you're doing this for your learning, then it's taka mutter. I've had that. Uh, that with many people. I, I told them if you really feel you're taking it seriously, you have a direction of a Rebbe, and, uh, and your parents are nervous about today, you can try to dance around a little bit because they, you're doing it for a, for a greater goal. To uh, further this question, technically it would come out that if your parents are Yeri Shemayim, which I hope they are, every time you're over on a mitzvah or you do an Avera, besides the Avera itself, you're also over on Kibbutz of Aim. Answer is, if they are going to find out about it and they get aggravated, uh, then it's still totally in the smachlekes. If you're doing specific averas that are specifically aggravating them, you should be worried about this cheshman. You can have one mice and be over on a couple of different issues. Not a steer. Again, if it's not directly servicing them, maybe it's under yira, maybe it's under being mavaza them, but it's certainly a, uh, a consideration. That's that only has an upside. They want to encourage you, and they say, "Look, you got to do the mitzvahs anyway." But you give me so much nachas, and you do the mitzvah, and you have in mind, I'm doing the mitzvahs Zaberi, and part of the mitzvahs Zaberi is to give my parents nachas and gavaldi. You get two for the price of one. There's nothing uh, that, that that we should be thinking like that. We should be thinking every time we do a mitzvah, primarily we is want to do it to give nachas to a Baruch, and we also want to give nachas to our parents. What's wrong is with it, that? Is it automatic? It's automatic, uh, yeah, but Mitzvah Sichas Kavanah, if you know something uh, particularly uh, that they like, why not focus on it? And the converse is also true. Uh, many, I talk to a lot of Bacharim, as you can imagine, from what I'm, the examples I'm giving, and often they say they don't want the pressure, and just because the parents are so firm, they feel they have to perform. I said, you're right, perform because Akash Baruch Hu said so. But you should know, if you need the impetus, if your parents are getting nachas, you get a lot of extra schar, and you're getting, every time you do it, you get days added to your life. What's wrong with that? Like, arichas yamim. Like, it can't get better than that. Picture, every time you do keep it up, you get another 12 minutes, whatever the shear is. Keep doing it over and over and over again. To young people, that doesn't really resonate because they think they're going to live the next thousand years. Tell that to somebody who's 119, and you say, how much would you spend now for the extra, an extra 20 minutes? You know, they'd be digging their parents up to just to make sure, you know, get Alicia to do Chiyasamesim or something like that. Just to have another 20. We don't realize it. We take it for granted when we're young. Yeah, another 20 minutes. Oh, okay, another 20 minutes. But uh, Torah means it, obviously. And Arichas Yamim is uh, whatever Arichas Yamim means. Both, whatever. You say in the Gemara there in Kedusha. Okay, it's Mitzvah's Kibbut Abeim, a Mitzvah Kiyumis, a Mitzvah Chiyuvis. Let me read to his question, and I'll explain what the options are. If it's a mitzvah chiyuvah, how often does one have to go over to their home to give them supper? The good news is, most people, I would say, most people in the room, most people listening, they don't have to go over to the parents' house and give them supper on any given evening. And if the parents are very elderly and they need help, they have a live-in maid, or an aide, or something like that. So how often, when's the last time you have to go? Sometimes your mother will say, look, I can't get out of the house, uh, it's snowing, can you go in your fancy car and uh, pick me up something? So then, that's a mamash of the race of the whole day. It's a kibbutz of aim, kavaldik. Is it good to check in? Ma do you need anything? Ta do you need anything? Yes, it's a good idea. Is it a chiv to keep calling? No. The more you do, the more you have riches yam, the more schar you get, and the more nachas they get. If they ask you, or you know without them asking you, that's where it's triggered. But if there's no need, you don't technically have to keep calling. What you have to do, though, is call once in a while just to ask the relationship. I had this conversation with somebody last week as well. I keep asking him, when's the last time you called your mother? 
I keep remembering to ask him at the same time. At the time, and like uh, first time I asked him, it was like months. It's the age where like everybody's carrying a cell phone, and everybody is within range. And um, I said, "Why don't you call?" So he says, "I have nothing to say." That's a very strange answer. You have nothing to say. There's no weather outside. It's not hot, cold, sunny, rainy. Nothing. Zero. Not much. Nothing to talk about. Start with the weather. You might actually get to something personal. So then, often I hear, yeah, I got screened out for 25 minutes. Okay, so then if it's serious uh, emotional, mental abuse and he's suffering from it, he's taka potter. And if it's not, then there's a way to steer the conversation where you can have a normal relationship, then it has to be worked on for both the children and the parents. But to not call, and just I, that's the worst uh, punishment ever, just that the parents have to keep calling you. I've had situations, the parents call and they don't get on the phone. But they call, he picks up and he gives it over to his wife. She talks to her daughter-in-law, a wonderful relationship. But that's not, uh, she has a much, she has some level according to the Shach of Kibbutz Avayim, but that's not, it's not her derisa. So yes, for the basic relationship of keeping in touch, you have to volunteer to do. For the details of what they need and what they don't need, if you either hear about it or know or should have figured it out, then it's a chiyiv. The more you do, that part is what we'll call kiyumitz, for lack of, a, lack of a better word. When Shalom Bayes comes into play versus Kibbutz Avayim, how does one balance the two, as I mentioned before? Chayach if it's really bad. What the son-in-law and daughter-in-law have to know is that uh, it's a real chiyiv for the spouse, and they should want their spouse to live a long time. I had once a gefilah. They, they were having, they were much fighting about this. And she was complaining that he's spending too much time with the parents. He doesn't care about me. And I tried to explain to her that it's going to give, it's going to give him a richazyam. She looked at me like, is that a mailer, chisarin? I got really nervous when I heard that. Uh, she wasn't convinced that, uh, she said, if it keeps up like this, uh, people like, get very self Like They want the attention. She says I, he has very little, limited time. So it could be there are situations Taka spending too much time over there and he has to spend more time with his wife. So then you say, But the first thing you do is try to get the wife and the husband to cooperate so their spouses can be Makayimit and they should help them be Makayimit. It's a tremendous cost for them as well. And if it's not working, it's Taka enough hours in the day, then you have to, the Lacha clearly says she's Mishubed this to make sure in her Avaid in the house and taking care of the kids. When she was single, her mother called her up every Tuesday and Thursday to go shopping. And Gvaldik had a wonderful relationship with shopping, and now she got married and she's still calling her up to go shopping. So to the extent she can, to the extent the husband can be Michael and allow her to do it, he should. Good for Shalom Bayis, and he uh, gets part of the schar. But Lamaisa, if he comes home and the house is flying and the and dinner is not ready and the kids haven't done anything yet, and he's, I just can't, he can't go out with the mother. It sounds mean, but that the, the Allah sides with him in that regard. And it's not so posh to press that in the other direction. So that's an important thing to keep in mind. <clears throat> Next question. So let me know we have to stop. A quarter to is there, Mark? If the father wants the son to continue learning, I'm just translating this, this is written in Lashna Kurdish. Uh, so I assume he means the Marvoitzel Shaben Yamshech Lumud. I assume whoever asked the question, I assume we're talking about the child is married, not married. I'm not sure. Can question go either way? Let's talk about a Bachar. Okay? He's not married, father's pressing an agenda, he wants to go to work, if father doesn't want you to learn, or vice versa. So again. It's always good to take sage advice from parents. They often have experience. They, they mean more for your welfare than anybody else. And uh, maybe he's right. 
Now, learning versus working, when to learn, when to work, that's in consultation with your Abayim, who might know your Kayach and learning better, and might see the Hasmodel. Maybe the parents don't realize what a Masmid you are. Maybe the parents don't realize what a Masmid you aren't. Uh, so that, you're going to need to bring in the Rebbe, the Mashkiach, other people who know you as well. But at the end of the day, it's the same rule of Chayach HaKadman. Certainly in the direction where he is capable of learning more and he wants to learn more, the parent cannot stop him. That's the classic case. Yaakovina even stop at a detour for 14 years. When his mother told him, Beferish, go right now and get married. And uh, conversely, if uh, for some reason he should be working and he's not, and the father thinks he's wasting his time and he's pressing an agenda, so then... Um, you know, he should, he should listen because maybe the father's right. Maybe he'll accomplish more in the four hours he would be doing as opposed to his schedule now. The other direction completely where he's working, the father says, go learn, I'll pay for it. That's great if he's capable of doing it. But again, if he's mamish not capable or he's learning three hours and he's not capable of doing six and the father wants to push an agenda because he wants that nachas and I don't blame him, but it's not going to work, then if the kid is not cut out for it, then he's not to listen, whether he's married or whether he's not married. If he's married, certainly, he's starting his own mahalach, even if he's not married, he's not to listen. General, in career choices, uh, the parent can't direct that he wants to go to dental school, and the father had his heart set on him uh, becoming an accountant. And um, the father keeps hacking. What do you got to drill teeth? Just crunch numbers. There's so much more geschmack. I'm not sure it's true, but uh, but he's and he keeps hacking away every time he walks down. Every dinner they're arguing about crunching numbers and, and, and drilling holes in teeth. It's the same conversation. And the father really, the you know, if you're working, you must do something you enjoy. Um, and the, the kid thinks, right? So that's what I'm gonna get to. So if the kid wants to pull rank in halacha. It's his life, Hayecha Kedman. The father can then say that, um, very nice, I'm not paying for it. So now what? So, um, sounds like you've been a father for a while. Uh, so, uh, well, it's good to have somebody with experience here. Uh, so the problem, what? Okay, you have accountants, okay. So, uh, so the, the problem is, I've had all these cases multiple times. And everybody's alam and Baruch Hashem, we live in a Dardea. Baruch Hashem, the fathers did a good job, the kid learned the yeshiva. So I, I'm open, you know, whenever I give a psak, I always, if you want to talk on learning, just as long as you take the psak at the end, I'll willing to talk on learning. So I had this with somebody once where uh, I told the father he can't really dictate if the kid want, doesn't want to do it, doesn't want to do it. And the father said uh, that I'm not paying. And the kid said, sorry, Ty, you have to pay because <laughs> so uh, this gets a little tricky. Um, and the father said, it didn't say which one. And I hold that you should be an accountant. So I said, no, and he has to do something that he likes doing. And if he's an accountant with a good head for math and shaky hands, he's going to make a very lousy dentist. So why do you want to push him in one direction or another? He feels this is his natiya. So Pasha says the son would win. Uh, of course, then the father, <laughs> no, no, no. The father told me he'll pay. I said, really? That's good. He said, hey, I'm going to pay for basket weaving. He took that example from the Gemara. I said, Umnas Kala Nakia. I said, which university is offering that? He said, I'll find one. 
so, uh, you know, with two lamdanim over here, I wasn't winning in the conversation at all. But, but that is a, and certainly if he's married, if the father, I'm not giving anybody any ideas, it should be the father's nachas, if he can hold him out and he's really learning, hold him out as long as he can. But if for whatever reason, he says, okay, it's been 18 years and uh, that's fine, it's wonderful, and it's gavaldic. I wish it could be another 18 years, but it's getting a little tight and the son says, it says in Shulchan Aruch, he can't tell him what to do. He says, I can't tell you what to do, but I can't pay for it and I'm not writing any more checks. So then that's not a kibbut of Aim Shailen, it's not a, that's the father. Again, I would encourage the father if, if he's got nachas and he's getting schar for it, and, uh, wonderful. But if he can't or doesn't want to, you can't halachically force the issue. Um, the kid doesn't have to listen and the father doesn't have to pay. What? Yeah, so uh, student loans, that's a very good shiloh, but that's on the, on the umnis side. There's a father, can the father say, I'll give you the down payment, uh, the student loans cover whatever, 80%, 90%, what do they cover? You've got to pay something, right? So uh, can the father say, I'm Yetzib, they have student loans, and you pay it back because uh, medical school is a fortune. Uh, and uh, the minig is, most people do take student loans. Shaila is, uh, I've had this also, can the child ask the parents to pay? Uh, and the child says, I don't want to be saddled with student loans uh, for 20 years after I graduate medical school, which takes nine years. Um, I had this with a couple of doctors, and I told them not to bring up the question again in front of your parents. I'll discuss it with you privately, but uh, the shtickle chutzpah to ask the parents to lay out hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars even if they can afford it. Ah, but he's a chiv lamda umnis. The answer is a chiv lamda umnis. He's not chiv to put you to medical school. It's a little different umnis. So that's, that's, the, that's the issue. So I told, uh, I, I, first the kid asked me in front of, I, I said, don't, don't even bring that up again in, in, in the mixed company over here. I'll explain to you why later that's out of line, even though I understand you have a mina. And it is out of line, because the Gemara condition doesn't say that uh, he has a chiv to uh, pay this kind of money. So this is a... Uh, it's the uh, entitlement issue sometimes you have with children. I'm not, um, just because I'm a parent doesn't mean I'm always on their side, but when the sugi kibbut of aim, there's no derisin that says dibris of kibbut bonim and bonus. We have a chiv of chinuch, we have a chiv of mechabed, then you have to mechabed people and children. You have to make them feel warm and welcome and loved. It's all very important, but the derisa in print in us as dibris is in the direction of the parents. And because we live in the age of entitlement, Often, uh, you'd have a situation where a child can even dream of asking his parents to pay $600,000 over the next nine years because he doesn't want to take student loans. I also understand I wouldn't want to be sad with student loans either, but that's quite a request. So I told one kid, I said, you're not even a Democrat. How can you come up with something like that? <laughs> I go, well, what's the entitlement? I've got to give me something for free. If the parents can do it and they want to do it, then wonderful. They do it for learning. It's a tremendous chus. And they shouldn't be saddled with debt. It's also a tremendous chus. But you've got to know what's going to put uh, pressure and what they can really do and how much you're going to push the agenda. And the children have to know their, their, their place in, the, in this regard. And uh, it's no different than the six-year-old walking into the toy store with the parent and uh, asking for everything on the shelf and then one extra one when it breaks and the parent keeps saying no, 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 no. That happens at every home and that's always yeah, the question is every time you give in, you have to give in sometimes, you get it, children need toys, but every time you give in when it's not necessary you're raising the bar because I don't know if you've noticed but in three days that toy will be either broken or pushed aside and when you ask why is the push aside not broken yet they say it's boring. So I'm not talking about my own kids. Uh, they've done that also. They're not, they're not angels. But Lamaisa, part of parenting is teaching them that sometimes the answer could be no. And if you do that, you will raise healthy, adjusted adults. 
if you spoil them rotten. You're not doing anything for the kibbut of Aim now. You're going to do less for it later. And they're not going to be able to handle any Nisayin in life because when the boss tells them no and he's not going to go back to the subject, they're not going to have to handle it. What do you mean no? I grew up in my house and so we got our way. If we threw enough of a tantrum, we got our way. So part of the kibbut of Aim is for their own psychological safety that the parents have to know when and where to put their foot down. You've got to know every child, every situation, every generation. But even in our generation, maybe especially in our generation, I think we have to bend the tree a little bit the other way. And you will raise uh, children who are uh, better adjusted to handle the standards in life. Um, let's see if we can uh, tackle one more. We have two minutes left. Okay, I'll, I'll leave off since it's not get to the uh, parsha next week. The Chidah brings down from the Zayar Kaddish that Rachel Menu was punished with a terrible anish of not being able to bring up Binyamin, her son, because she stole the trophin. Which, Zayar does say that. Why'd she steal the trophin? Because she cared about her father. Well, there is a Chid, keep it up, but no, there isn't, but she cared about her father. And she didn't want her father doing Avodah Zarah anymore, so she wanted to take away the Chavzah so she, he wouldn't be able to answer, at least for a day or two till he makes a new one. So why was she punished? So a lot of the Achrayim discuss this. This is scary because this Shaila comes up, a parent is um, a diabetic or something like that, and the doctor says, and you can't have this stuff. And they, and they ask for it. This is not an uncommon Shaila. Or cigarettes, and the doctor said, this isn't stomp dangerous like any cigarette. This is like, uh, you already had issues and they can't have any of it. Parent asked them, I've had this, a kid called me from an airport. Parent just called him on a cell phone. He's walking by the duty-free shop, and the father said, are you in the airport yet? He said, yeah. He says, go into the duty-free shop. They have great prices. Get me a pack this big. And he said, ta, the doctor's not going to have it. He said, don't talk to me about the doctor. I just do some kibbutz of him. I asked you. It's a direct order. That's mamish giving him an awe. I mean, it's killing him, but it's giving him an awe temporarily. That's mamish like machila. That's like uh, direct covered. But what do you do? So again, depends on is it just generally not good for him or is he already suffering from this and, and it's really suicidal? Um, the first Eitzah is to um, say, okay, Tal, get to in a minute. Is mommy there? And get her on the phone and have them fight it out. It shouldn't be your, uh, your problem. That's, that's the first Eitzah. Uh, you're, you're in a, you have barriers when you're a child. So if there's a real issue that has to be done, this is, you know, get the parent to, if it has to get done, it shouldn't necessarily be you. And um, this is no gay. You're doing it for the parents good, but you're causing them tsar. So why was she punished? We know that Chizkiah Melech took his father's, father's a Russia, took his father's uh, coffin. Instead of bringing him a covetic thing, he took to the body and he was Magarit. Magarit is at Samus. Mamash should be Zion. So the Ivitz asks, Chizkiah got schar for that. That's a Gemara. The Mishnah. So what's the difference? So the Ivitz, uh, someone to say, Chilik, Bechayev, you can't do it. Achamaisai, a Bizayin is only a problem if it's, uh, he doesn't need the kapar. He needed a kapar. Rabbi Yashar said, stealing is a Maisa Iser Be'etzem. So even though she did it for the right reasons, it's going to be collateral Anshim uh, as opposed to be Magar, where there's no downside if the Bizayin is, is necessary. Whatever the Territ is, when you do things for a parent's good and it involves uh, an Iser or a Harasha, be very, very careful. Milano Gadol, 
took it and she, uh, she wanted to uh, help her father, at least temporarily. She couldn't stand the fact that her father was doing this of uh, and yet there was collateral damage. So you've got to be careful and certainly ask a if it comes up. Okay.